Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Understanding this is summed up in one word. It's the word repentance. Repentance. David repented. Yes, he messed up. Solomon messed up too, but David repented of it. It means he turned around and left. He repented of it. Now, as we know, Romans 3.23 says we're all sinners. We've all fallen. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, even me. Yes, those of you who look at me and think, well, Ray, you're such a great goody-two-shoe pastor. I could never be as good as you. No, I'm a sinner just as just as anybody. I'm not putting myself any higher. We're all sinners. But not all of us are repentant. We're all sinners, but not all of us are repentant about our sin. There's a lot of people that don't want to repent of their sin. They want to keep it. Now, David was a repentant sinner. Now, after David sinned, he, tr- he was truly repentant about it. David's fall included adultery, lying, and murder, and cover-ups. He sinned greatly against the Lord, but David quickly admitted it, and he repented of it. I want you to look at 2 Samuel 12, 13. I'm trying to show the difference between Solomon and David. It says, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. David confessed this. He said to Nathan, I messed up, and Nathan so then told him, So the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. (laughs) There's a gospel picture in that. This is what I love about the grace of God in that we are all sinners. We've all committed terrible acts. But if we repent, then the Lord will put away our sin away from us. That's why he sent Jesus to die, to put your sin away from you so that you don't die with it on you and be condemned for it. Rather, it gets transferred to Jesus and he dies with your sin upon him and he takes the condemnation for it so that you can live. That's the that's the power of the gospel right there. So lots of people will admit their sin. Yeah, yeah, I messed up, whatever, but they won't repent of it. David repented. Admitting doesn't mean repenting. It's a very big difference. You remember Achan. If you remember studying Achan in the book of Joshua, he hid that sin. He had sin. He hid it in the camp, and he he, he was hiding it. But the Lord told Joshua how to weed him out, how to go find him. But Achan never repented of his sin. He confessed it. He said, here's what I did. I hid this here, and I know I wasn't supposed to do that, and I broke God's command. Okay, I, yeah, I did it. But he never repented. Had he repented of it, he wouldn't have had to pay for it with his life, but he didn't. David really repented. That's what I'm trying to nail in. In fact, David expressed his repentance by writing it out for us in great detail in Psalm 51, verse 1. It says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. In verse 10, he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away 
from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Friends, these are the words of a repentant sinner who wants forgiveness. He's pleading for it because he really wanted forgiveness. David wrote his repentance out. He wrote it out for us to read, recorded for all time. Imagine if you put a big billboard up on a major freeway and wrote your repentance out for everybody to see it as they drove into town. Would you do that? David did that, did this, and it, more people see it than a billboard. Now, that's a guy that meant what he said. Forgive me. I'm sorry. Clean me. Wash me. Listen to this. Very repentant. It says that Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he did not fully follow the Lord as his father David did. So we got this comparison again. I'm telling you how David fully followed the Lord. He fully, we can say that he fully followed him because he repented when he messed up. Friend, if you slip and sin, then in repentance, take control of it and give it back to the Lord. Let me give you an example. Before I was called into ministry, I was working at the office. Something wasn't going right. I don't remember what it was. Something was a bad day, and I was so frustrated. I, I slipped a word. Uh-oh. Oh, Bible thumper Ray. How terrible. You know, you can't do that. <laughs> and I knew I couldn't do it. It was wrong. I wasn't supposed to do that. So did I sin? Absolutely, I did. But I knew that every employee down the hallway heard me say it, and I'm going to ruin my representation of Jesus Christ. So I had to confess, and I had to repent. I had to take action. I went to every person at every doorway down the hall, and I went to each office, and I said, I'm sorry, forgive me for what I did. I know you just heard me, and it's not representative of my Lord Jesus Christ, and I need you to forgive me for what you heard come out of my mouth. I made a mistake. And they typically said, oh, no big deal. I said, yes, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal. I needed to reclaim this and in repentance and give it back to my Lord to let him deal with it. So uh, by repentance, I spun my sin back around the other way, back towards the Lord. And anytime you mess up, you need to grab a hold of that situation with repentance and turn it around and give it back to God that way, because repentance is one of the necessary ways in how you can be considered one who fully follows the Lord. People always tell me, I mess up, Ray. I mess up. I'm not perfect. I understand that. But when you mess up, repent, Father, forgive me. Anybody that heard you or anybody you hurt or anybody you affected, ask them forgiveness and claim it in repentance and turn it back to the Lord. That's how you can fully follow the Lord God, even though you mess up. But now I want to be fair to Solomon because it says he did not fully follow the Lord, but I do want to be fair to him because I don't want to paint him as this monster, okay, because he's not. Solomon did do a lot of good things. We see that he didn't follow the Lord fully. But it does not say he did not follow him at all. It says he didn't follow him fully. Now, I want to be fair to Solomon. He did not follow the Lord all the time. He did follow the Lord at times. There's many times he did. Now, there's a lot of dispute out there in the big theologian circles that says Solomon did not repent before he died. And I adamantly disagree with this. I believe Solomon did repent not because I'm making it up, but I believe it is biblically recorded in the text that Solomon repented. Just as David's repentance is there, so Solomon's. Jesus actually compared himself to Solomon in Matthew 12 and 42. He said, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it 
For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. So friends, what Jesus was saying is at the time he was being attacked by people, he was trying to give them the greatest wisdom of God that had ever been spoken, but these guys wouldn't listen to him. They wanted to attack him. He's trying to help them. They're not listening. So you can see from the verse I just gave you that Jesus compared himself to Solomon. Somebody came and listened to the wisdom of God spoken from Solomon. So Jesus was basically saying, hey, they listened to Solomon. You've got somebody right in front of you that knows more than Solomon, and you won't even listen to me. If Solomon had died as a completely wicked apostate who completely fell off and never repented, then Jesus would have not compared himself to Solomon. You see what I'm saying? If you remember, though, I was teaching about Hanukkah at one time, the Festival of Lights. The Bible says about this festival in John 10, 23, it says, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Also, if you look at Acts 3, 11 and Acts 5, 12, just jot those down. It talks about people who were healed by the apostles in Solomon's porch. So you've got Jesus walked in Solomon's porch. People were healed in Solomon's porch. So what I'm getting at, it's unthinkable that the Jews would allow any part of the temple to be named after such a wicked man like Solomon. We're not going to call that Solomon's porch. He was not godly. He, he died unrepentant. He did repent. And so they would not have allowed that place to be called Solomon's porch if he had gone down. Solomon did not fully follow the Lord like David did, but I do believe from this text that Solomon eventually did repent of his backsliding. If Solomon had died unrepentant, I'm not sure Jesus would have compared himself with Solomon to try to get others to repent. (laughs) He was trying to get these people to listen to him. Hey, repent. You need to stop doing it your way. Hear me, what I'm saying. He would not have compared himself to an unrepentant slide off if Solomon had never repented. I believe Solomon did. So even though Solomon was starting to backslide here in chapter 7, I want to give Solomon credit where credit is due because he did do good things. But it's the comparison here between David and Solomon that kind of gives us the trouble here. You have to examine why was David considered as one who followed the Lord fully, while Solomon was not considered someone who followed the Lord fully. And it's not just in repentance alone. I don't remember a single time ever when David pursued false gods. We did read where Solomon went after false gods, but David, I don't remember, ever did that. But, you know, we should not forget what Solomon said, though, because Solomon did. Here's the best evidence of his repentance in Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Friends, Solomon said this. He wrote this. So the man that we see backsliding here in 1 Kings 7, at some point, He realized that it is man's all to fear God and do what he commands or else God's going to drag it out and expose it. And Satan always tries to make it look like sin is good, like it's for the greater good, like it's going to benefit you and benefit other people. Just don't worry about what God said. Do this, and here's all the good that'll come out of it. He tried the same trick with Eve. He told her, if you eat this fruit, you won't die. You'll become like God. And you know, today... Our culture tries to tell us 
that all these sinful things are actually the right thing to do? You, you never notice how the Christians are suddenly the villain. We're the bad guy because we're not doing what culture wants us to do. Hey, this is okay. It's actually better. We won't do it. We're trying to follow the Lord. Don't compromise. Don't backslide. Don't turn from obeying the Lord. It's never the right thing to do. We are expected as believers in Messiah Jesus, we're expected to be obedient to God, assembled in the body of Christ, studying his word, and doing what Solomon advised us to do. Fear God and keep. Keep his commandments. Don't let the culture own you and dictate to you what you should do that disobeys the Lord God. We need to keep with the Lord God. It is our all that we do that. Don't let the culture own you. You let the Lord Jesus own you. That's what making him Lord means is he now owns you. He's the boss. Obey his commands so that you don't end up trading him off for trusting in other things like the house of the palace of the forest of, of Lebanon, our, our armory, our weapons, our other things. See how they turned away from God and trusted in other things. You'll, you'll trade God for other things that will never save you that will never bring you peace and are never for the greater good. Now, remember how I showed you that when trouble came to the Israelites, they did not put their trust in the Lord. They put their trust in their armory that was stored in the forest of Lebanon, the house of the forest of Lebanon, whatever you call it. Here is a good verse for us to remember. I want to show you this. Revelation 2 verse 4 says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. The Lord said this, this lamp, if you don't repent and get right, I'll remove the lamp. What is this lamp? It is an illustration of the Lord's continuing blessing among his people. That's what the lamp is. So where it says, Remember from where you have fallen. It was God's way of saying, hey, you backslid from me so far. You need to take a look at how you used to be when you first came to belief, when you first made covenant with me. Look how how joyful it made you. Now look at what you're doing. You backslid and now you're a mess. You need to look back at the things you did at first. You need to get back to doing the things you were doing when you first came to me, the Lord is telling them. Guys, it's like the, the engine light. When the engine light comes on and you've got this warning in front of you, guys, you better pull over and pop the hood and take a look real quick to see what's wrong. And you better do it fast because if you don't, you're going to break more things. And the Lord said he'd remove the lamp, remove the blessing unless you do what? Unless you repent. See, guys, that's what the Lord wants. Well, I, Ray, I can't be perfect. I'm going to mess up. Well, yeah, I know, but the Lord wants you to repent. That's what he's asking for, is asking for your repentance. I'm dreading chapter 11 coming because it's going to be bad. Sadly, we're going to see ahead in chapter 11 that since Solomon continued to turn away from the Lord, and he did so much more damage, that the Lord was going to take part of the kingdom away from his son. I'm sorry I feel like I'm in more in chapter 11 than chapter 7, but we need to see this. We need to see ahead. 1 Kings eleven thirty five, But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and give it to you, ten tribes, and to his son I will give one tribe, that my servant David may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem. Now look at this. I want to show you this. We've been studying the Davidic covenant. We've been tracking in 1 Kings with it, right? Why do you think the Lord preserved a continual lamp of David? 
in Jerusalem. Why? I'm going to take everything away except that lamp. I'm going to keep that one, David in Jerusalem. Why do you think he chose to keep that one there? Because of the Davidic covenant that he made, because the promise that the Lord God made with David. God promised David, and he has to keep it. He promised David that someone from David's line would rule the kingdom forever there in Jerusalem. And so the reason God chose to keep this lamp in Jerusalem is because his covenant must remain in place to bring in King Jesus to rule there in Jerusalem on Mount Zion. Do you see how God always keeps his promises and also works his promises through his repentant people? Do you want God to work his promises through you? I want him to work through me. So what do we have to do? We got to keep with repentance. Don't be that unrepentant type that causes your blessing to be removed. Don't be the unrepentant type that causes your lamp to be removed because your blessing influences other people. It's not just about you. A lot of people tell me, well, it's my life. Your life affects other people's lives, even people you love. Do you want to hurt people you love? No. You want to help them. Now, do you remember in 2 Samuel 21, when David got too old, his men said, you shall not go out any more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. In other words, other people, not just David, my life, I'll do what I want. No, it's other people that he affected. They saw God's power working through David, and so they didn't want that blessing to get snuffed out. They wanted to be continual partakers of what God was working through David. You see that? So friends, there's a lot of people out there that want to be partakers of the blessings that God is working through you. Do you want to have your lamp or lose your lamp? Do you want to have the blessing or lose the blessing? Which way do you want to go? If you want to keep it, and I know you do, then you got to take a self-awareness snapshot of your life right now. You got to see how far you may have fallen. And most of you probably don't know you ever fell. Solomon probably didn't realize that he was fallen. And I'm asking you to review yourself today is what I'm asking. Review your life to see how far you may have come down, confess your sin, and repent of it, okay? You need the Lord God to help you find these things. You're not going to find it on your own. You've got to ask him. And so you, you want to be like someone who follows the Lord fully, like David was? Then Matthew 3.8 says, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. Some versions say, keep with repentance. You're going to be productive you got to keep with repentance. You don't repent one time. Well, I repented when I was 16 when I got saved at church camp, and I'm, you know, I repented then, and I gave my life to Jesus then. No, you, repentance is continual. It's every day. It's all the time because we're sinners, and we're going to sin. you got to keep with repentance. Today is a day to ask the Lord to show you where you may have backslid because maybe you've been following culture. Maybe you've been listening to what the culture's telling you, and maybe you have built your own figurative house of the forest of Lebanon. Maybe you have your own little armory stored somewhere. You have your own little weapons that you're going to run to when things get bad. I've got this little plan. If things get bad, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this, and it does not include God. Then you're spending more time building your own house than you are in investing in the temple of the Lord God. You're, you're putting more faith, and other things than you are in God? Do you trust your bank account more than you trust God? Do you trust the government more than you trust God? Do you trust other things 
medical science, maybe, I don't know, whatever it is. Do you trust all these other things more than God? Then you built your own house of the forest of Lebanon that you're going to look to first when trouble hits, and you're not going to look at the Lord. And that is a problem. Now you know, now nah, that's where I messed up. And the Lord God needs to help me with this. Friends, right now, if your engine light's on, don't be one of those ignorant people that just keeps on driving. Eh, I'll worry about it later, because if you do that, you're really going to break something. You need to stop. And you need to let Jesus get under the hood and scan your computer. He needs to get under there and scan your heart. I took my truck to the auto parts. Scan this, please. You need to take yourself to the Lord and set before him and let him in. I had to let this guy get in my truck and scan the computer. You need to let the Lord Jesus get in and scan your heart to tell you what's broke. It's like when David said, search me, O God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. And whatever they find, whatever the Lord God finds to be wrong, trust me, it might be a son of a gun to pull it out. Like that O2 sensor, we had the son of a gun this time, getting that thing out of there because it had been in there for so long. Friends, you might have a sin in there that's been in there so long. It is dug in there deep, and it's been there for so long you're used to it. And you don't know what's wrong. But now the Lord's showing you, and you're going to have a hard time getting it out there. You need to let someone with experience in there to pull it out. Jesus has experience pulling stuff out. When my friends helped me pull the O2 sensor out of my truck, I didn't know how to do it. It was stuck in there. My dad knew to get the little blowtorch and heat around it. My friend knew to get this particular tool and a thread chaser. All these things I didn't know. I had experience say, we know how to get that out. Friends, Jesus knows how to get that sin out, and you need to let him in and let him show you what it is and repent of it so that you can be one who fully follows the Lord God. Oh, that's so good. You know, I want to show you that you have help, not just from the Lord God, but also if you will be tied in with your assembly of believers. You've got help in both if you look at 1 John 1, 7, it says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Even that sin that's hard to dig out. <laughs> Friends, turn your life over to Jesus. Even if, Well, I'm saved already, Ray. I'm good. No, no, no. Even if you're saved, even if you're under covenant. You still, like David, he was a man of covenant, and he still messed up. Nathan had to come thump him upside the head. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to thump you one, say, hey, review your life. Look how far you may have fallen. You don't realize it. If the Lord is talking to you and your engine light's going off, you need to pop the hood and say, Jesus, get under there and scan the code. Tell me what's wrong so I can get it fixed, and Lord, dig it out of me. Let's pray for repentance, friends. Father, forgive me. I have sinned. And a lot of it, I don't even know I did it. But Lord, if you're communicating to me that this is a problem in my life, then show me, expose it. Like like Solomon said, he's going to expose all of it. Expose it, Lord God, and let's get it out and give me something back that works better. Replace it with something of your goodness. Forgive me for sinning. And I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place. I accept that gift. Father, forgive me for my sin. Thank you for coming after me when I wasn't looking for you. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set.